Thanks for tuning in to the most recent episode of Revealing Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Santor, and on today's episode, I sit down with longtime training partner and friend Alex Pazinski, and we talk about some reasonable expectations coming back into the gym now that quarantine's lifted, and what you should really be expecting out of your body. We go over a couple of quick tips and some advice about how to go about training and what you should and should not be doing coming back into the gym. And we give you some ideas or some places to go to get some information, follow some training programs, and just a little bit of fun advice. So I hope you guys enjoy this more relaxed fit episode. And if you have any questions about anything that you hear, please reach out to me. You can email me, eric at revealingstrength.com, or you can DM me at Eric Santour on Instagram and Twitter, and I'll be happy to chat with you and give you any advice that I can. If you guys like the podcast, head on over and click like and subscribe on wherever you're listening. And if you would like to find us on social media, it's at Revealing Strength Podcast and at Eric Santor. And you can find us anywhere on social media with those two things. Hope you guys enjoy the episode and I'll see you next time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is we've been trying to start this episode now for about three minutes, so we're just going to start, and I'm going to figure this out in post, which is fine. But I swear to God, so I use a snap to signify like the spike in the audio, so I know like this is a good cut spot. Then every time I I snap, Alex snap so then there's two different cut spots which is fine but snap snap mother truckers whatever um so guys thanks for tuning in to the next and most recent episode of revealing strength podcast so we today are going to be talking about um some expect some reasonable expectations to have in returning back to the gyms in um 2020 because they were closed in some places for three months some places for one if you're in michigan they were closed for just about six months um like between five and six months um yeah the wonderful murder mitten so the the other voice that you hear with me today is a guy named alex do you want me to use your last name that's fine alex bazinski uh who's one of my really good friends and he's also been my training partner for um Man, what, three too years? Long. Too long. Three years now? No, uh, it's still two. Still it's a little over two. Um, yeah. So a little over two years. And so Alex has kind of seen the in and out, ins and outs of both my programming that I write for, like general programming and then and everything. also... Everything. I've done yeah, everything you so, offer. So he's, yeah. he's literally done everything from um, barbell cycles to power cycles to strength conditioning cycles to speed cycles to... Um, or speed programs and then general you know, like GPP, general preparedness programming. And then he's done um, some more specific performance and competitor programming as well. So he's, he's seen the full gambit and he's also run the full gambit as being um, a traditional athlete too. So uh, you played college baseball. Correct. Mundo. So yep. he go gets Scots. it. Go Scott. Go Scott. Go Scott. So Scots I'm, aren't scared. I'm drinking a little, uh little 10 year scotch and you're oh, drinking gosh. some, Oktoberfest. Some Oktoberfest yep. from Great, Great Lakes, Lakes Brewing. So it's not a plug. So 
I mean, listen, good. If, it's not a bad October. If McCallum wants to sponsor me or Great Lakes wants to sponsor you or the podcast as a whole, please do. Please, I mean, please sign us up. Yes. If also, if I get sponsored by that company, I'm I'm can yep, pit, can just yeah. kiss my professional career goodbye. I'll just become an alcoholic. That's fine. So. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Happy October. Happy October. It's almost time. Almost deer season. So we. A uh, little side note, fun note. Uh, Alex and I spent the first like what two and a half hours today. Yeah, yeah. That you uh, you came over my backyard, we shot our bows. Yep. Yeah, that was the first time with my bow sighting it in, and new new bow to me. I probably before we before today, I put ten ten arrows through it at ten yards. Yeah. Just to figure out my sight. And so we got you back to the fifty experience. yards. Yeah, we were good. Uh, it was probably yeah. Uh, it might have been forty. I don't know if it was fifty. Forty. It was close. Forty uh, forty five. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I mean. It was a dead deer, so yeah, it worked well. So, yeah. um, we just lost everybody who's not a hunter. But yeah, that's fine. Or, or at least we lost a couple arrows. <laughs> well, I lost an arrow, but <laughs> that's somewhere around the stratosphere. We had a weird. Still might be hanging up there. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so like I said earlier, uh, what we're going to talk about today is some reasonable expectations to have coming back into the gym. And I'm going to talk a little bit, um, and Alex is going to fill in some holes about um, kind of. What to expect out of yourself, both like mentally and emotionally coming back out, back into the gym. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the science of what to expect as far as what's going to come back first, how it's going to come back and a, a time, an acceptable timeline for those kinds of things. So, um, first and foremost, let's, let's paint a hypothetical structure here, a hypothetical picture, which is, uh, we have a 28 year old athlete. Coming back into the gym for the first time in... Are they attractive? Coming back into the gym... (laughs) Coming back into the gym for the first time in four months. And um, they've done next to nothing. So next to nothing for four months. They didn't really do at-home workouts. Um, They walked. They maybe went for a couple of jogs. They might have done a couple of um, dumbbell workouts across the whole four months. but, But besides that, they did largely nothing. So the... How what what kind of athlete were they before? Just like normal, just average, normal gym. Okay, yeah, normal gym four days athlete. A week, yeah, four of... or five days a week. Okay, um, you know the the average CrossFitter. Sure. Yeah, um, I just want yeah, I just want to set the picture before. Cause... Yeah, which is smart. Sure. So the 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 first thing to expect one is you need to create a, a positive atmosphere around yourself. So I'd highly recommend making sure that you have a training partner in place or that you have. Um, some people around you that are going to be a positive reinforcement for you coming back into the gym. So if you're walking into a gym or a training space that you hate after four months of being off and you start retesting things, you start doing things and you hate it and you don't like it, well, you're going to have a really tough time getting back to where you were. Yeah. Because it's, it's the, those training and accountability partner. It's really accountability at the end of the day when you have your friend that, you know, it's like you or I, like one was back and, if right. the other wasn't, you'd be like, hey, dude, where you at? So And so, first and foremost, that's it. So if you're walking back into a space that you already feel like you don't want to go to or you don't want to be there, then you should immediately reassess that. And you should probably pick a spot or pick, pick a point that is going to be a better fit for you. And then the second is to realize and, and just come to terms with the fact, be honest with yourself, that you're not the same athlete you are that you walked out four months ago. You're not going to come back in. You're not going to hit the same heavy single. You're not oh, going to yeah. have the same Fran time. You aren't going to have the same mile time. Um, you know, your max set of barbell or max set of, of 
bicep curls, yeah. pull-ups, whatever, whatever it is, period. Whatever, whatever you're training for is not, it's not going to be at the same level. And so now the question becomes, well, how do I deal with this? And, and what process do I go yeah. through rebuilding yeah. this? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like if you think about the normal athlete that's at home during training during COVID or, you know, that's if they did or did not work out, uh, think about it. They probably don't have a barbell. Right. They probably don't have a ton of plates to right. actually hit percentage lifts. Um, do not, like from my not super heavy strength and conditioning background, do not expect yourself to hit your percentages off of your previous COVID backs. Well, not in like... So pre- and I think that's important like to yeah. think about, like, I could hit a 265 clean and jerk. Do I expect myself to hit a 265 clean and jerk now? No, no probably God, not. No. Right. And, and I wouldn't base my percentages off that. Right. I'd take 20, 30 pounds below that, base it off that. And... Well, and then <laughs> you made a really good point about equipment and availability of, of what a lot of people had equipment-wise during COVID, which is not a lot of plates, not a barbell, probably not a place to lift heavy, but maybe not a place to lift at all, yeah. you know, if you're in an apartment building or a duplex or something like that. And so the what I what I do not recommend both from a programming standpoint and a performance standpoint for both physical and mental performance and emotional. And then also just off of safety is do not come in immediately and try to hit a heavy single. Cause it's, yeah. it's, it's just like, let's, let's think about how we learn a task. Let's think about how we learn a skill. Then you've stepped away from that skill for four months and now you're asking yourself to do it at a maximal or, or slightly submaximal load, um, then it, it's not going to go well. Yeah. And worst case scenario is you have a bad miss on a snatch. You have a bad miss on a, on a clean, you don't get your elbows around your, your arm gets pinned between your hurt, your knee and your wrist. And you, you, <laughs> you just blew up right, your next right, three weeks. Right. Or, or more <laughs> like or, you, yeah. you, you pin that. Like I, I've, I've seen that break happen in two different occasions, radio on their break. And because someone gets a barbell pin between their palm and their wrist and the top of their knee, it's going to happen two different times. And so like these things can happen. They happen. Injuries happen in CrossFit. They happen in bodybuilding, whatever it is. So do not come in first thing, throw weight on a bar, throw weight on a lap, pull down and just start going ham. Yeah. That's first and foremost. Well, and at the same point, it's, it's kind of what we talked about earlier in this conversation before for two hours, we shot our bows. So I had not shot an arrow in probably about six months. And where'd you start? 10 yards. And so if you don't know much about archery, that is the equivalent of being able to take, let's like make this analogy, I guess you've got a six year old nephew and you've got a wiffle ball and a bat. Your underhand tossing. Your underhand five feet away. Right. This is the equivalent for archery. Yes. Like, and so like we went to 10 yards, you went to 10 yards, 10 yards. I probably had 12 arrows through. Oh, more. I mean, yeah, yeah, at least 12, 15, 20, multiple of three, move back to 20 yards. Did it again. 12 there, move back to 30 yards, 40 yards and so on. And, but that's, that's the thing. You can't expect yourself to go back to 40, what you were used to. And just do it. uh, Unless you are the most phenomenal athlete. Well, that somehow is Superman. (laughs) And like the, now like, if you've been shooting a bow for 30 years and like you can shoot, like you can group in at 70 yards. Like I know guys that like at the start of the also, season, let's think about 70 yards on a football field is a hundred yards. <laughs> right. 
Right. Three quarters of that, right. basically. Right, end line to end line. And just in a three-inch circle, you put an arrow. Right. After so, arrow, after arrow. Right. So... We're gonna Very do it. Hard. We're gonna do an entire an entire podcast about the the connection between hunting and archery, but the or fitness and archery, yeah. I guess. So it's, so it's acceptable to say like it's a hundred percent. You can't expect yourself to Correct. come back and just hit numbers that you expect to. Right. The best you in the world. Yeah. Yeah. The best in the world. If they hadn't if they hadn't picked up a barbell or they hadn't picked up a bow in six months, four months, three months, they're going to start at something that they absolutely know they can do for one of two reasons. One, it builds confidence. Yep. And inside the gym and for your performance is no different. Yeah. You are building confidence. Yeah. that's. I mean, that's the whole thing. When I was sitting at 30 or 40 yards today, I knew 100% I would hit the target. Right. I had no doubt that I would hit that target <laughs> and then have to not go chase an arrow. Right. So. And then, the so first and foremost... I, I, like, I cannot stress this and repeat this enough. Do not walk up to a bar, throw on, start at 60%, go 60, 70, 80, 85, 90, 95, 96, 97, and, and work up to a heavy single. I don't recommend it. Take how you would do that, how you should do that, is you should take at minimum, at minimum three weeks of you touching a barbell. And, and my clients and my clients that are about to start a barbell program have been touching a barbell for I two months out in the parking lot. Yeah. We were, we got cleared in Michigan to go inside about a week and a half ago. Yep. And so I'm starting a, a fresh barbell cycle for some of my clients starting Tuesday. And But uh, everybody who's doing that cycle has been coming to the parking lot workouts. They've been consistent. They've been hitting, they've been hitting weight. They've solid been, numbers. Like Didn't, solid numbers. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing at heavy percentages, but like, I feel very confident that based off of the last two months that they put, mm-hmm. that we can put them into a barbell cycle now. Yep. And the whole point was like, I wanted to make sure that like when we were free to yeah. open, that people had put a barbell in their hands sure. enough times that they were ready to go. Yeah. Well, you, well, you wouldn't want to be like, Hey, welcome to the barbell cycle. Right. It's the first time touching bar in six months. Hit a heavy single. And like, let's get a base. from a pure coaching standpoint, that would be garbage if you thought that 100 percent. yeah if, if and you, you would never you would never know you would never think flat that. out if you if you're yeah. going to a gym and and you haven't been there in three months and you walk in and the coach is like hit a single walk out yes like please. period walk out please um i'll coach you remotely <laughs> <laughs> yes and that would still be a great decision so that that is that is First and foremost is, is that heavy single. And the second thing is how, how we go on approaching that is I would take at minimum four weeks. I would find some some power cycle. So something that you're going to catch above parallel each time. I would do that for minimum three weeks, minimum four weeks. And then start to incorporate full cleans, snatches, Snatch balances, stuff like that. Stuff that's going to put you below parallel, stuff that's going to add in a lot more um, of a dynamic capacity to the movement that's going to force you to be a little bit quicker under the bar. It's going to force you to, to utilize a little bit more technique, a little less, you know, grab, rip, and go. Um, and and that's going to prepare you really well. So yeah. let's say let's say three weeks of the power, three weeks of incorporating other movements below parallel. Now we're getting to the realm to where if you want to hit a single, that's fine. Go and, ahead. And 
if you need percentages for those numbers and you're like, well, I don't know what to base these percentages off of, realistically, take your lifts that you had before COVID and subtract 20 pounds. Yeah, 20 or 30 pounds. If, There's no shame in that. If it's a you didn't, Did you have 225 pounds for a barbell if, you, if you're a male or a female to go grip and rip when you're in right. COVID? No, and, not everybody has that. And if... If it's a monostructural lift, so we're talking front squat, back squat, deadlift, bench press, 20, 30 pounds. If mm-hmm. we're looking at something more dynamic, you can probably, because the the margin of strength and like loss and gain there and the, the dynamic parts of the movement, you're probably looking closer to 10 to 15 pounds. Like when I, when I walked back into the gym and I, I started the cycle that I'm running myself through right now that I wrote for myself, um... I'm at a, I think I, I think I wrote myself at a 12 pound deficit for my snatch and a 15 pound deficit for my clean and jerk. Okay. And I'm going to run that for the next eight weeks. Like the, the current cycle that I am is essentially like a small little accumulation cycle, which means I'm just accumulating volume, accumulating movements. I'm working on a, a solid trajectory for eight weeks. I'll deload for two. I'll come back up. Yeah. Then depending on how I feel, I might work to a heavy single, but still when I work to that heavy single, my expectation is not to be where you were pre like correct correct but at the same time if you hit if you hit your post covid with your minus 12 pound snatch pr like technically your post covid pr that's that's a confidence builder because you're still at 90 something percentage right confidence builder like if, if you come back after that that small little ramp up and you still hit 90, 95%, be stoked. Yes. Be through the roof. Yes. Because there's going to be, there's going to come people that come back and they're not able to hit 85%. Yeah. And that's, which which is okay though. Think about it. You were, you were without a heavy barbell for six months because you probably didn't have access to it. I mean, you can't expect yourself to be where you were. And if you do, you're living in the clouds. I'm sorry, but I'm going to be honest with you. You're living in the clouds, and this isn't even this isn't even. Uh, it, it's for it's for metabolic conditioning. Also, if right. you expect you're going to hit some like some benchmark workout, some benchmark CrossFit workout, if you think you're going to hit your PR time, like I hope you I hope you PR. Go ahead, but Dude. if you don't, please don't think it's the end of the world. Well, and also there's <laughs> there's something else to be considered too, which is. There's also an exception to every rule, so there are going to be people who've done CrossFit for a year. They they did some workouts at home. They did some Zoom classes. They had a couple of dumbbells. Maybe they even had a barbell with some tens or some fifteens, and they they hit that every day. Yeah, they went out and they did their snatches, their clean and jerks. They did their Zoom class with their bar, and they're going to come back, and they're probably going to. There will be somebody that PRs. Yeah. So I. So technically, after my Murph last year, I did Murph by myself this year. Yeah. I PR'd my Murph this year compared to last year. Right. And so that was during COVID. I was I, Granted, my workouts were tailored, a little bit tailored towards Murph. Um, but at the same time, I think I put myself under so much stress in not eating enough. Not I slept okay. Um, but at the same time, I needed that deload almost during those first couple months of COVID. And then when I hit Murph during COVID, that actually helped me out. That deload helped me out where I, when I started training for Murph and it was, you know, a lot of pull-ups, push-ups, vested stuff. 
I did better on Murph this year than I did last year, only because I think my body needed that little bit of rest. Right. Because I ne- I'm not a person to like give myself a ton of off days. Because for some reason, I'm always like, if I'm I not in the like gym, <laughs> you know, that's my happy place. But like, I needed that rest. Right. I didn't want to admit to myself that I needed it, but I did. Well, and that's, I mean, that goes into a whole nother point of like making sure that you're taking adequate rest and like good realist- rest though. You, like there's a difference between like, oh, I, I, I took it off, but like right. still so, stayed up till 3 a.m. Right. and like and so woke that, up at seven. And that's actually a really good segue into the next thing that, that we're going to talk about, which is the approach of like too much of a good thing. So if you come into the gym and you were a four day, four day a week crossfitter or a four day a week lifter before, and you come in, you're like, I'm going to do six days. I'm going to do seven days. You will get diminishing returns. Yes. At some point in time, your body will not be able to keep up and repair itself quickly enough to where you are getting realistic gains within your training. When you go into the gym, whether, whether you're, bodybuilding, powerlifting, crossfitting, weightlifting, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you are going to have diminishing returns. One, because you were four days a week before, which really, realistically, during quarantine, probably turned into two or three, or maybe you did do four or five days, great. But you coming in and doing, you know, double sessions to where you're doing two strength sessions and a, and a conditioning session every time you come to the gym and you're doing that five or six days a week, that's not realistic. Um, and your coach should be telling you to stop. Yeah. So, yeah, well, at that point, like, a good coach will say, this is enough volume for the day. Right. You do not need to be going to class and open gym. Like, right. if you were at open gym and there was a ton of volume, some athletes don't need to go to class right, right after. And, it, well, and a good coach will tell you, like, you don't need to be in class. Like, you and, shouldn't do it. And straight up, the... Um, if you are doing the same CrossFit workout twice in the same twice in one day, and I and you tell me that I'm going to kick you in the shin, yeah. There's no point. That is the easiest, the single easiest way to get injured is like let's say that like you go in and do the 5:30 a.m. and then come back and you're like I didn't do as well or I feel like I didn't do that great of a workout so you do this so you're like I'm going to do the 6:30 p.m. when I get off of work. That is the single easiest way to injure yourself because you're doing the exact same loading scheme, yeah. the exact same volume, the exact same, um, probably honestly yeah. rated like rate of perceived exertion for you. Yeah. Your heart rate's getting the same spot. You're doing the exact same movements. And so you're putting the exact same stress on your body and you're doing it within eight, 10 hours. Like yeah. well, ridiculous. Well, at the same time, like, okay, you didn't do good on that specific workout. That's fine. If you want to go back into the day, do something else. Right. If you really need to do something. Work on something you're not good at. You if, didn't if, do good in that workout. If there was thrusters and you didn't like it, go front squat later in the day. Right. Not not even that. Like, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even or, like, follow yeah. the same movement track. What, what I would do is I'd say, like, go, if it was, let's say it was Fran, and you didn't beat your Fran time. You're like, I'm going to go back at 630 and try to beat my Fran time. That One. sounds so terrible. Two Fran's in a day. No, thank Dude, you. Dude, people do it. I know, but... I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you I can throw a rock and find I've, somebody who's done it. You know, I've never done it. I do. I'm not going to ever. I'm never I'll do Friendly Fran. I'll never do it again. I'll do Friendly Fran. I'll never do it again. After 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 doing this for like, just like shy of a decade, I, there's no part of me that ever needs to, to do that. Like, and I've yeah. done it. I went, I looked, I looked at my Beyond the Whiteboard and I've, I've done Fran like 13 or 14 times. Like, I don't ever need to do it again. Yep. 
My right. goal was to go sub two. I got that. Done. Deal. That's it. Sorry. I'm a brag. <laughs> yeah. Casual. Yeah. <laughs> sub two. <laughs> it was like it was like one fifty eight. It's not like I was like floating to one forty two or something. But anyways, it's not bad, buddy. So the I'm retired. That was a long time ago. I was like four years ago, three years ago. Are you retired? I'm retired. So I'm retired from training like that. <laughs> I'm st- I still work out every day, but I'm retired of training like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyways, we took a large detour, but that's fine. It was um, a good detour. It was a good detour. It was, a, so, it was an important detour, I think, because it, it talks about the volumes that you you should reasonably want to hit yes. when you come back, because to if you were, the same if, workout twice in a day, not acceptable. Well, and, and if you're doing more... Oh my god, that's bad. I'm so, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that was so bad. Oh, I'm not one of the this. dogs underneath the table. Oh my god, it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, it's not okay. The mic picks up that like ten times louder than what you think it does. Oh, but dude, that's really bad. Yeah, I'm not cutting this. I'm leaving this in. So one, there's there's a couple dogs underneath the table right now, and one of them, one of them just let something go, and it smells horrible. <laughs> smells about seven eggs that got hard boiled and then left in a container for about fourteen weeks <laughs> in the Arizona heat. That's vivid. Or you just left your protein in your bottle. For about three and a half weeks and open that bad boy in up. your car, in yes. your hot car, in your hot car. Yes. Programmed by a good strength coach, because if you don't follow a program, unless you do exercise physiology and whatever it's called, and you don't understand how strength training works, yeah, don't do it yourself. Yeah, I, I, it's I, worth it's worth the money you put into it. I couldn't agree more. Um, especially like really. A strength program takes um, it takes skill and it takes uh, an understanding of loading schemes and volume control and and yeah you know and other other things that go into it which like we can get into that in a whole different pod like we can spend an entire yeah. podcast talking about some of the smaller nuances of of programming but realistically for the most part you can kind of throw and when it comes to CrossFit Metcons. You can throw some stuff together as long as, like, you know, you're not repeating the same movement five times in a week. Like, yeah. it's going to work. Now, yeah. again, the exception to that rule is it can be better. Sure. But you can get by by just kind of mm-hmm. throwing stuff together. You can get by by following main site. Yeah. You can get by by throwing some stuff together yeah. for yourself. And that all depends on your goal. Like, if you're right. just trying to get by and status right. quo, fine. The the same does not apply to strength training. Correct. And that includes both like full-on barbell cycles or strength cycles or just the, just the strength programming that you may or may not be doing at the start of your CrossFit class. Not the same. Yeah. Not well, the same. That has to be done by very tedious and very serious. Should be done yeah. and has to be done by very serious and very tedious design. Well, that's, that's, that's to be honest, one of the things that when I first kind of came to the gym and talked to Eric and started working out with him when I started really getting to know him better we started talking about how he writes programming not CrossFit programming how he does strength in Olympic lifting programming this dude is insane he has well I'm probably I'm probably like two steps 
further beyond what I really need to be. But 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 I what write. I'm saying is 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 from my point that I came in and, and once he started talking, he 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 thinks about every single lift you take, the amount of weight you actually lift, and I don't, I don't even know what he calls it, but the amount of volume you pick up in a day, how much you need to to make it actually beneficial rather than killing yourself. Uh, it. Well, the amount of work that he puts into his programming is phenomenal, and that it, it that doesn't happen all the time. And the strength coaches don't always do that. And so, well, and, and that's the and the, and <laughs> the distinction there is that I call myself a strength conditioning coach, not a CrossFit coach, and that's the reason why is because um, you know for for anybody who's listening to the show that doesn't know, I have a bachelor's degree in sport performance, which is. Um, essentially a a specialized section or direction of exercise science, which is focuses on making athletes and humans perform better. Um, And then I'm currently about halfway through a master's program in exercise physiology. And so when Alex met me, I I still had my bachelor's. I had a couple different certifications. I'd done an internship and apprenticeship under somebody who is far smarter than I was at the time and still is today. And so I was able to learn quite a bit. And the first thing that I learned is you, a lot of people think it's tough to, to manage volume or manage conditioning workouts with the way that CrossFit's written while still running strength programs. And it's can't, you, you just have to put the work in. What you have to do is you have to start to think about, okay, even though this is an AMRAP, what's the top end that people are going to get to? Then what's the, what's the average CrossFit going to get to? And then what is one of my newer athletes who's only been with me a month or two going to get to? Then we start to look at those ranges. Okay, now is this is this safe for all three of those groups? So I group I group people essentially into three groups, and I look at those. And then I look at what we did for strength. And then I look at that across a week. And then I look at it in two weeks, and then three weeks, and then four weeks. And then I flip the page to the next month. And then I'm looking at the month before, the current month, and then the month to go. So when I'm running GPP, what's quote-unquote GPP programming, general preparedness programming, I'm looking at it at three to four months at a time. And everyone's like, how do you not know what workout what we're doing tomorrow? And I'm like, because I wrote that two months ago. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it's it's locked in, it's done. And, and 100% I go back and change things. Like, if I get to a point and I'm like, ooh, I don't, I don't like where this went, I don't like where I landed here when I'm programming the next month, because it's written, because I know where we were at or where we are and where we were at before and where we're going, it is so much easier to make adjustments to make sure that people aren't overloading themselves. And you need to make sure when you're coming into the gym yeah. after COVID that you are overloading yourself because there are going to be people who do. There's yeah. going to be, I guarantee you, some people are going to come in when CrossFit gyms open and someone's going to pop out. Well, everybody's gung-ho. You, yeah. I'm so excited to be back. Like, someone's it's simple do, as that. Someone's going to do a Daniel or a Henderson or a or a Murph um, or an Annie or something like that, and they're going to get rhabdo. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I, that's my biggest fear. Please is, don't get rhabdo, guys. Yeah, don't get please, So please. just be smart. Be smart. But ultimately, like, you need to be looking at a macro structure of what you're doing and a macro idea of how you're going to attack and assess your programming moving forward, whether you're writing it, whether someone else is writing for it, or whether you're you're just kind of putting pieces together, you need to follow something. Correct. So I would say like that's that's rule number three. Like one is don't come in and hit every every single. Two is understand what's going to come back first, so you don't get frustrated. 
and then three, to make sure that one and two don't happen eventually accidentally, you need to follow some sort of program. Correct. So if you're looking for good things to follow, obviously I write programming for both in-person and satellite athletes. So if you'd like to come, so if you'd like, you can email me Eric at revealing strength.com. You can also reach out to me at Instagram at Eric Santor or at revealing strength. Um, the next plug would be, um, and everything that I write is for the individual athlete. Correct. If you're looking for more of a template, I'd like to say for his barbell cycles, he individually programs for each person that signs up. So he looks at the athlete. He's been with the athletes for two months. They picked up that barbell outside, and he's seen them move. Yep. He knows what they need to work on. He, Yeah, if I'm going to write you a barbell cycle and I've never seen you before, you're going to send me lift after lift after lift before I write you your cycle. Correct. And then we're going to get going. Yes. But, so, yes, everything I write is individual. If you're looking for more template feel, the first place I would direct you, hands down, is hybrid performance, or the hybrid method, which was written by Steffi Cohen. Or Stephanie Cohen, who holds multiple world records in powerlifting. Power lifter, yeah, yeah. Um, she's also the reason why she calls it hybrid performance is because it is powerlifting meets Oli or weightlifting, Olympic mm-hmm. weightlifting, and uh, she has some great templates. She's, a, she's very smart. Yeah, and she's a doctor of physical therapy, so she's a DPT, so she knows her stuff. Yeah, so she I would will, send you there. Please follow so far Instagram. She has a lot of things that really great educational yeah. pieces um, that are really well done, really well edited, really well put together. Like it's great, 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 great content. content. And then the third place I would send you um, would probably be over to the Barbell Shrugged guys, um, which is actually the the first company that I came across when I was getting into this industry years ago, which kind of inspired me to start a podcast. Um, they write some good programs. They've got some good stuff. They're still offering some stuff online. And everybody over there has a very good understanding um, of what they're doing. And then the last one that I'd recommend would be Travis Mash, um, who has worked with everybody from professional athletes to collegiate athletes, and he's got great programming. And, and, and um, I know that Travis offers... Um, I, I, I say Travis like I know him no. personally. I never met the man. <laughs> yeah, Travis. You know, my God, Travis. But, but I know that um, Travis Mash writes individual programming as well as has templates and programs that are available for purchase. So um, find a program, follow it. If you're a client and you're listening to this, you have nothing to worry about. You're taken care of. All of this has been done and ran through and like you don't need to worry. Ooh, I got a good question. Post, post, post whatever you have to say question for this. <laughs> um, what's your question? So if you had to give me like three tips, what as in, in terms of nutrition and, you know, in COVID, I didn't, let's say I didn't focus at all on any of my nutrition. I just kind of ate. Did my four workouts a week, whatever they were. Coming back, if you had to give me like three tips that say like it'll put you at least in a better place, right. what would they be? Um, well, so first and foremost, I'd, I would recommend that you start to track and count your macros. So you don't even need to follow a particular plan, but you need to start looking at what you're putting in your body. Because the, the quarantine 15 is a real thing um, for me and for, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people across the country. Um, so you need to start counting what you're putting in your body. Carbs, fats, and proteins. 
and start to figure it out. Uh, the second thing I would do is I'd start to look at and I'd start to balance out carbs aren't bad, carbs are okay, too many carbs are bad. If you're eating a bag of Lay's potato chips every night, you have a problem. If you're having some rice with your dinner and your dinner is beef, rife, rice, and broccoli, which is I, what I had for dinner, you're doing fine. Like yeah. you, you got everything in there that you need. Also, pro tip, organic bone broth with like not a ton of added sodium and sugar instead of just water. You can yeah. add protein into your into your yeah. macros. It's good. It's great for the rice. It, like it, yeah. ta- it makes the rice taste a lot better too. Yeah. Jasmine rice and like chicken organic chicken bone broth is yeah. awesome. So, um, and then the next thing I would I would look at is start cutting out the, the bad habits of food that you picked up during quarantine because they're there whether you realize them or not. Whether it's the you know extra the, booze, extra booze. The as I'm drinking bourbon or um, scotch, scotch. Um, whether that is the extra pint of Ben and Jerry's a week, it's the, you know, bag of candy, the bag of yeah. chips, whatever it is. It adds up. Look, Simple it, as that, it adds up. hundred <laughs> percent. It's empty calories. Yeah. So if you, if you start looking at those things and you're, you're noticing things on your kitchen counter or in your pantry that are also keeping too long, get rid of those things. So if it's, you know, if, if you've had it and you've had it for two weeks, well, that means it's probably not something it's not a fresh food it's not a it's not a organic food and when i say organic i don't mean like organic i mean like something that like you can walk outside if you grew it your mcdonald's fries will keep for at least three years (laughs) right so (laughs) that is not what i mean when i say organic don't put your mcdonald's fries on your on your shelf please also i mean if you do at least like take a video when you eat them three years from now and send them to me so um and then my my last and my final tip would be is then eventually start to follow some sort of what it, some sort of template or program like whether you come to me for it, um, so which I'm not, a reg- to- I'm not a registered nutrition, but I do write macro like I help yeah. people with macros. I write macro plans, um, but hands down, probably the best. In my opinion, the the two best places you can go is one, um, like RP, is, yeah. Renaissance is, periodization. Yeah, um, just Google RP Nutrition, and it pops right up. Um, they run a pretty tight ship and a pretty good program. I like what they do. Um, and then yeah, it's a very it's that's probably one of the more popular ones. And then K8, especially upon right. like performance athletes, sure. like there's a lot of big name performance athletes and that if you, follow their templates. Rich. And then if you want a very individualized and very well done template, uh, KA Nutrition, Christina and Dolly. Um, I've like actually met her super smart, super cool person knows her stuff and does a really phenomenal job of interacting with clients and creating individualized plans for her clients. So, um, two different options, two very different options. Cause if you go to RP and get a template, um, you're going to fill out some stuff. You'll probably talk to somebody. I haven't used RP in a very long time, but I've yeah, used I them before in the past. Um, but that, I mean, that was literally six years ago probably yeah. and i've still got the template in my email yeah. so but and i used it and i had success off of it sure. um it's it's if you stick to a plan like a strength it. and conditioning plan you will get stronger and you again will, right our like if you follow rp you yes. will get leaner you will get more fit and that, that that's actually a really good point too uh which like as we f- flow into over 40 minutes here um to note for it but whatever you do follow it and commit to it. Yes. And it do it happen overnight. Do it for like at least at least eight weeks. 
Yes. At whatever you're following, whatever you're committing to, whatever your plan is, do it and do it for at least eight weeks. Because if you're if you're standing in the mirror at two and a half weeks in and you're like, I don't look any different, I don't feel any different, like, well, yeah, you don't and you aren't. Like, your body, I'm sorry. Yeah, your body does, like, it, in the nutrition standpoint, your body mm-hmm. hasn't had the time to actually change how it works. Right. Muscle it's can, working on that. And muscle can start to atrophy after two to three weeks. So atrophy means, like, essentially shrink. Yeah. So, and, um, and the growth process for that takes longer than two to three weeks. Unfortunately, that's just the, that's that's just how we're made. There's not yeah, a whole lot you, of you. You can't change that. <laughs> and so, like that's I mean that's a really easy, really simple example of of kind of like the the time put in to pay off to time away ratio is like, yeah, three weeks away. Guess what? You're gonna look smaller. Um, three weeks back in, you probably aren't gonna look like what you did before you took three weeks off or before you took four months off or whatever. Like that's just not how it works. But like, um, you need to be aware of that when you're coming back into training, because if you, if you are looking in the mirror after two weeks and you don't liking what you're saying, like, Oh, I'm going to switch programs. Well, you just wasted two weeks legitimately. Like you, you wasted two weeks. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, you did some stuff and that stuff's going to count for something down the road and it's going to have a nice connection to something but else. The program whatever, but program didn't have long enough to actually take no. effect. Correct. Not the way that it could, not the way that it should. So, Correct. uh, yep. And just trying to think, wrapping it up, this might be a two parter because there's a lot of other things that I, yeah, I guess, I, have that I, I guess the about, one but. final thing is that get back to the gym, have yes. fun. Don't put yourself in a hole, please, and be like, I need to like get better by next week. Right. Just go have fun. Hang out with your friends at the gym. Go work out hard. Enjoy your hour, your masked hour in the gym. Right. Do whatever. Just be happy. Right. Be happy that you can actually be around other people and not back in quarantine. Right. Mask and Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we are going to do a part two. I think my cool. idea for part two is to talk a little bit more about some of the science like science heavy type stuff sure um of what we're gonna do or or essentially some of the things you might be experiencing or seeing coming back into training and that that episode will be a little bit shorter but one thing that i will say is that your your mask isn't limiting your capacity for exercise um and just be aware of that so like if you are wearing a mask if your gym requires you to wear a mask like my gym requires us to wear a mask like you know all clients inside the gym that are training wear masks um that mask is not limiting your capacity for exercise because the lungs do not limit exercise uh so that's scientific fact you can look it up look up fix equation or the thick equation or the thick thick equation thick law thick um Oh my goodness, the word is completely escaping me right now. But just Google the Fick equation, what it means, what it stands for, and you're going to find out pretty quickly that the lungs don't limit exercise. So it could always be all, it always could be more uncomfortable, let's be honest. Right. It could always be worse, <laughs> at least you're training. Yes. So, yes, I know that you got to wear a mask. I know it feels like it's really affecting your ability to train, but realistically, it's probably just uncomfortable and you've got to work a little bit harder to pull more air through that mask to get it into your lungs. But realistically, you're going to be just fine. So, Get into the mask or get into the gym, mask or no mask, go train and enjoy your time there. Yeah, have fun. Have fun. And uh and we'll we'll check Turn you out next time. Nickelback. Turn <laughs> Alex loves his nickelback. Um to wrap up, we just want to go ahead and say thanks and uh to everybody listening, head on over to 
Um, you can you can find me at Eric Santor on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, I'm not really active on Facebook, but you can find me there too the same way. Uh, podcast is at Revealing Strength, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, every, basically everywhere. The whole nine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's everywhere now. And uh, plug a couple things. So we're not sponsored by anybody. I'd love to be sponsored, but we're not. Probably never will be, and that's fine too. Driven nutrition. But I want to plug. A, yep, I want to plug a couple things that we use, that I use, that I really like. Um, one is Driven Nutrition. It's owned by a guy named Jason Rule. If you want to listen to Jason, uh, head on over and listen to the Lakeland Story episodes. Um, wherever you're listening to this podcast, they're there. They're incredible episodes. Jason Rule's the owner of Driven Nutrition outstanding guy and outstanding product uh the next one that i'm going to plug that i use almost daily is hyperisis hypervolt so yep. incredible product incredible therapy gun uh, pts use it ats use it anybody yeah. professional athletes use it um it has very often been replicated but it's never been duplicated so i've used a lot of different ones i like hyperisis the best yep um, and I use it every day and I love it. And then the third thing that I'm going to plug is Bear Complex Grips. Gerald Green Cattle also. Yeah, Gerald Green Cattle, uh, Gunther Green Cattle. There you go. If you're looking for some for, for some Michigan beef, uh, reach out to me. I can put you in contact with and you can get some of the best beef uh, raised, grown, and farmed right here in the state of Michigan. Yep. Um, and so reach out to me on Instagram. And I'll be happy to get those wheels turning for you as well. So Gunther Green Cattle, Bear Complex, yeah, Hyper Rice. I was going to say back to Bear Complex. Yeah, so very good products. Very good products. I, and I, I got their, I got their, I newly got their diamond grips. Phenomenal. Big the way fan. the, yeah, big fan. Easily my favorite pair of grips I've ever owned from them. I've owned the leather, the like that, like that, the one weird material. Carbon. It's made of carbon. No, not the carbon. Um, Suede. Yeah, like Kinda the like suede, suede, the Swedish ones. Yeah. I've owned the, like I've owned all the grips, and easily the the diamond ones have been my favorite. Nice. So. I go straight leather. That's my good. I see. I, I tried two leathers, and it just didn't just work out like for it. me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but realistically, they've got great customer service. I've had a couple pairs yep. of grips that. Uh, Ooh, I that, got a, I got a plug on my side that I, that honestly just burned right through. And uh, I took a picture, sent it to them. They're like, yeah, we'll send you a new pair. So it's super cool. Like I said, I don't take a dime from any of these companies. They don't even know that I'm saying this. But with everything. They may never know. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But with everything out in the world, um, in the fitness industry of so many different companies trying to push so many different products on you, I think it's important from, from me who's been in this industry, who's met people who make some of these products and, um, and somebody who both uses them and tells clients to use them, I think it's important that you guys get it from an educated and, and certified source of what you should be using. And yep. that's kind of why I do this. And so we're going to continue this trend. It might be the same thing every week, but if, if I find something else that I really like that I think is can phenomenal. I, can I plug my one thing? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, 10,000 shorts. Oh, their gear, shorts. I will say, so they're the only shorts I will work out in. They got the, the liner included in the shorts. They're only for men, uh, unfortunately. But... You can get a seven inch, nine inch inseam. Uh, Eric, I gotta get you. I gotta. I have a pair of shorts that just came in. You can, so, you can borrow. Like I've never worn them. I just washed them today. They're your size, dude. It's Eric's a guy that so, has a lot of layers when he works out. <laughs> um, but 
the the material and everything customer service is great literally the logo peeled up one time they sent me a pair of free shorts so uh, straight stuff ten thousand straight up ten thousand shorts um i don't let anything touch his body besides lululemon I have, I have ten thousand. I have three different articles of Lululemon on my body right now, but maybe I got to try it. Like, like, listen, I maybe I got to try. So, yeah. guys, you got to try. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate it. This episode was longer than the last one, and that's okay. Uh, part two is gonna be coming at you soon, so keep an eye out for that. Lots more coming, um, and the blog posts on the website and the articles on the website are relaunching. Uh, you're probably gonna be able to find one. Maybe by the time that this podcast launched, but but definitely by the end of the week of when you find this. So this podcast is going to be live on Monday, September 21st. And so by the end of that week, you should be able to log on and find the first blog post at revealingstrength.com. So revealingstrength.com, you'll be able to see it there and you'll be able to find a link on the Instagram page at revealing strength. So be sure to head on over, give us a like, give us a subscribe, drop us a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything, me or a different type of guest. Uh, we're going to have some different guests coming out in the near future. So yeah, you guys might get tired of me pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, thanks. Thanks for uh, coming out with me, bud. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. See you guys. Catch you.